Hi, Chrysor. Welcome to the Influencers with Chris Jones. That's me. So this month's episode is kindly being sponsored by an amazing lady and a fabulous company. Seaned Owen owns and runs Tanya Whitebits. Yes, that's right, Tanya Whitebits. Now, Tanya Whitebits is an award-winning company based in North Wales, and they provide sunless tan solutions and complementary products to customers and clients around the UK and beyond. Seaned is a force to be reckoned with. She's a true businesswoman and a fabulous entrepreneur who's built the brand from scratch and is the epitome of entrepreneurship and inspiration. And talking of inspiration, well, my guest this month on The Influencers is another amazing, inspiring lady. Kath Pendleton is an NHS worker from Merthyr Tydfil in South Wales. She's also known as the Merthyr Mermaid. Kath's impressive feat, wait for it, is becoming the first person to swim a mile in the Antarctic Polar Circle. That's the coldest place on Earth. And she's become a beacon for men and women alike who dream of accomplishing something amazing. She says that to make her happy, just add a little cold water. Well, as we'll hear, there's much more to it than that. So enjoy and thank you again to the wonderful Tanya Whitebits, whose website is tanyawhitebits.co.uk and who's on all the social media platforms for being so kind as to sponsor this month's episode. And don't forget, all these monthly episodes are always available to listen to and to download, of course, from your usual podcast platform. Hello? Hello there. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Yeah, I think so. Having me on. Yeah, you're very welcome. No, I mean, the um, I love the fact that when I put um, your name in Google, which I always do, and I put <laughs> Kath Pendleton, it obviously comes up with AKA Merthyr Mermaid. Do you, do you like that, by the way? Do you mind that, Merthyr Mermaid? I don't mind it at all. It's quite funny, actually. Um, I, I grew up in Stony Bridge, so my mum's oh, like... Right. It should have been the Sony Bridge Mermaid. And I'm like, well, I've lived in Merthyr since 2006 now. Oh, okay. And originally, I think it was going to be called the Ice Queen. And then somewhere along the line came the Merthyr Mermaid. And I really quite like it. Yeah, Ice Queen gives another kind of image to me, I've got to be honest. And, yeah, and Sony Bridge Mermaid doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? Really? No, one of my pals was like, it could have been called the Sony Bridge Shark. But then it's not it's not very magical, yeah. is it? No, well, but I love the fact that the, there's one line that stood out for me. It says, to make me happy, just add cold water. And oh my word, uh, it, it is amazing. <laughs> and and we will talk in, in a second about, you've actually made history, basically, by becoming the, the first the first person or the first woman to, to swim an ice mile within the, the Antarctic Circle. Is that right? Yeah, um, within inside the Antarctic Circle. So... Um, yeah, the, the first woman, the first person, um, oh, okay. everything just changed on the day, really. So um, that's how I ended up getting the record for the most suddenly ice swim. So before somebody, a male had done it and it was um, one kilometre. Right. And then nobody had actually swum a mile that fast out. So, um, okay. yeah, there you go. Well, go the amazing. Which is why, you know, I thought you'd be perfect. And we'll come into that in a minute. Um, so... You grew up in Senny Bridge. Now, with all respect to Senny Bridge, there probably weren't that many opportunities to do a lot of swimming in that area, was there? Well, we were really fortunate. When I was about three or four, they built a pool in Senny Bridge. There used to be a little swimming pool in Senny Bridge. When, when it went, everybody was, like, really, really sad. But 
there wasn't ice swimming opportunities because I always remember that swim main boiling um, in the pool, but that's where I learned to swim. And I couldn't swim on top of the water, I was just swim underneath. And then, so everybody in the village swam. And then when it was Easter holidays and summer, then we sort of migrated to the river to prepare for the raft race that would take part at the carnival every year. Oh, really? Was that, was that a big deal in Sandwich then, was it? Yeah, it was a big deal. So they had the carnival. So like you remember carnivals in Wales with the jazz bands and everything. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they were massive. Yeah. So it was not every year was it a raft race. It would be a raft race or it would be the pram race, which would be <laughs> anything from a supermarket trolley to a wheelbarrow to a pram. And then I remember the, the raft race stopping with health and safety and a running race came in then. It was, um, right. but the, the, the pram race, the raft race, everything, it used to just be free, free for all. Most rafts were um, inner tubes of some sort, tractor in or lorry inner tubes. But they were massive. Everybody yeah. did the raft race. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you talked about swimming. Okay, cold water swimming. And we talk about ice in a bit, but, but cold water swimming. Oh, my God. Like, recently... I, I, maybe since the lockdown, has exploded. It's become a huge, huge thing on social media, in the press, everywhere. Why do you think that is? It's massive. I, I, I've got to be honest. I started ice, ice cold water swimming, whichever you want to call it, winter swimming, about five years ago. And there was very few people doing it. It was really hard, quite hard to find information out there. And open water swimming, I think, it started growing anyway because of triathlon events and stuff. So more and more people have been doing open water because of triathlon, I think. And then just now, the, you know, the summer when we were, I feel like we've been in lockdown forever in Wales. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But um, when we were able to swim, I was going to Keepers Pond. And it was full. It was like a swimming pool. So you had the water polo group training there, your triathletes training there. And then the amount of people swimming through the winter, and I think, for me, I like it because I like the buzz from it. I'm not a fast swimmer. Yes, I've done some competitions, but that's because I just like to go to different places and I really swim for the social side of it as well. Right. Well, that, that's a big thing, the social side, because uh, I've noticed on social media, you know, you see all these pictures of, and with all respect, it, it's mostly ladies. Is it, is it, am I right in saying it's mostly ladies of a certain age? No, I think you're wrong. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, please tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, um, well, I think previously it was lots of ladies of a, of a certain age, but now the uni in Cardiff, they've got a, a wild swimming group and it just seems more and more people are doing it. And of course, with lockdown, if, if you live close enough that you can walk to swim, yeah, that's another story. But um, yeah. I just think the popularity is everywhere. You turn on any social media channel, you open any newspaper and it's full of people wild swimming, you know, and before people would stop they would stop come the end of september and they would come out again you know april but people are just swimming all year now and some people are doing it for distance some people are just dipping and it is so sociable yeah. it's you know if well, well at the risk of sounding a, a bit of a tub in here then isn't it cold cuff <laughs> it's freezing <laughs> So, so I mean, the, the people are going to ask him, what the hell is she doing that? Why are you doing it? Okay, explain to me, what is the thrill? What is the buzz? And I know you said that um, you, you have a like a reset button as soon as you get in, as it were. But what is the feeling like of going in? Describe to me what you're wearing, what you do, how you get in, and what the heck the feeling is when you get into that ice-cold water. In this country, never mind in the polar. I know. Um, well, 
for me, when I first did it, I, I'd seen a gala for a winter gala. So I had a goal. I had to get in this water train. And I got in and it was absolutely, I tried to ban the word cold and freezing, but it was freezing. I got out, I was shivering and I was just like, wow, what was that about? And then I said to my friend, Rachel, we'll, we'll try it again next week. And we tried it again next week. And then I was hooked from there. And for me, I think when you get into that really cold water, I, I'm not going to lie, it does hurt. It really hurts, especially when you start getting sort of under five degrees. It really crushes your hands and stuff. So once you got over that pain, for me, because I'm having to concentrate on, you know, am I breathing correctly? How am I feeling? Everything else in the world is just shut off. So when I'm doing anything in life, and probably you, there's always stuff popping into your brain. Oh, I've got to do that at five o'clock, or I've got to do that tomorrow. Whereas in, in, the, in the cold, I said it, in the cold water, there isn't any chance for that. You've just got to absolutely switch off and concentrate on how you're feeling. Right. Then when you come out, I just find it must be just the endorphins. I'm on a high for the whole day. So oh, really? Really? it really energizes me. Some people, it makes them shattered. For me, I feel really energized after a, after a swim. Okay. Come back then to, to the beginning, as it were. Uh, you were you were growing up in, in Sunnybridge, and I know you you got a you work in the NHS as well. Yes, what do you, what do you do there? Well, I'm um, a smoking cessation advisor now. Um, I've done a few jobs, but now I, I work from home. So right. because of um, lockdown, we're all doing phone support. So I I help people give up smoking. Okay, but explain to me then how did you actually start? What made you think? Oh, you said you went into the sea once. But what made you go into the sea in the first place? That is, you, you, you did triathlons before, didn't you, I think, didn't you? And what, what happened there? Yeah, so I was, I, um, I've always done a, lots of different sports. And I, I've always swam in the pool for keeping fit, I guess. You know, the, the, the pool always pops up somewhere in my life. But I started, um, when I moved back to Wales, I went back to Brecon swimming to train on a Friday night. That was my escape night, was to go and do an hour in the pool. I decided to try a triathlon. I tried it and I thought it was horrendous. And then a couple of months, a couple of years later, I somehow got back involved with triathlon. Absolutely loved it. And through the triathlon, they were all indoor pool swims. And then you start looking for different triathlons to do. And I think I, my first open water swim was a swim at Ferryside that they do. They used to do it biannually, I think, for the lifeboats. Oh, and you have to swim from Ferryside to, is it Clan Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm back again. So that was my first ever swim. I got a wetsuit and squeezed into this wetsuit. And I got hooked, really, from there. So then I started doing triathlons. I did Mumbles Triathlon. I did um, the small Slateman in North Wales. And I was really getting the buzz from the swimming. So because, quite frankly, I'm, I'm a rubbish runner. I'm okay on a bike, <laughs> but I can't go downhill because I'm scared. Um, so I kind of got more and more drawn to the swimming and then started looking for swimming events, so 5Ks, 10K events, and it really just stemmed from there. You said that um, you liked the swimming but didn't like the running or the cycling, so that basically made your mind up, okay, I'm going to try this this swimming, this cold water swimming, uh, and it went on from there. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll go on later on, okay? I know you did an amazing thing a couple of years ago. Uh, and then uh, at the beginning of last year, didn't you? This this incredible feat. Uh, before we go on, Kath, I've got a few I've got a few questions for you. Some of them are silly, but some of them might sort of come out and maybe sort of give us an idea of the kind of person you are. Because in my eyes, you're obviously an influence. You're an inspirational person. 
So I'm going to give you um, a few questions. Let's, let's start with this first one, first of all. You're obviously a bit of a superhero in, in many people's eyes, okay? If I gave you the choice of two superpowers, being invisible or flying, which would you choose and why? Flying every time. Oh, okay. Invisible, I don't think I could cope with because I'd hear things that I didn't want to hear. But <laughs> flying, I <laughs> I love I love being sociable. So, you know, I, I love to go see friends in Scotland. I love people coming to stay with me. So if I could fly, I could just go anywhere I wanted to. I could go to every bit of water in the world that I wanted to swim. <laughs> I just fly everywhere. Specific, I, I know you've done Antarctic, and you know, but is there a specific spot of water in the world? If I had to put you on the spot now, where would you, in your dream world, like to swim? Oh, that's a difficult one because I'd, I'd like to swim everywhere. But at the moment, after being to Antarctica, I want to swim at the other poles, so I'd love ah. to swim up in the Arctic. Okay. Um, if somebody said you can go one place for your ice swimming, that to me, to be able to think, right, I've swum with a penguins i'm not going to go swim with the polar bears that's like a massive dream <laughs> wow well i mean it's it's achievable though isn't it i mean is that something that you aim to do maybe i'm really hoping so okay. i've been really fortunate with sponsorship for the ice sevens so the plan was to finish the ice sevens this year yeah we'll talk about it later uh, on because uh, i i know there's been a program on bbc wales uh called the birth of mermaid isn't it but maybe there's another another program on the cars there listen let, let's go back a little bit a couple of years ago you fulfilled a well an ambition a lifelong ambition i presume to, to swim the, the channel so i mean not many people have done that even i i can well, i can name david williams and, and that's it really so uh why was that such a, a lifelong ambition why why the british channel as it were yeah, that stems back to my childhood, really, because I'm one of five girls and we all swam. So, you know, the Howards and Sennybridge, they swam. Everybody then went solo from Sennybridge. We went to Breck and Swimming Club. So swimming's always kind of been in our blood. But my uncle Freddie, he would visit my mum every Saturday and we'd always be coming home from the swimming pool. My mum used to take us to the swimming pool, shower us all and bring us home in our pyjamas long before children oh, came wow. home from yeah, yeah. So he would, we would come home from swimming and he'd go, was the water wet? And I said, because the water was wet. And every week he would say the same joke. <laughs> um, and at the time, you, you very rarely heard of anybody swimming the channel. So if it was on the news, I used to say to him, I'm going to swim the channel one day. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And it had kind of been buried and long gone and something that was a distant thought, really. But what happened then was I did the ice swimming and I absolutely loved it. And I think I will always ice swim. I love, I, I'm absolutely hooked on it. But I'd done this ice mile. It's kind of the Everest of ice swimming for, and became the first woman, Welsh woman, to do an ice mile because um, uh, Gentleman Bryn Dermot was the first male. So that was amazing. And I was like, I really, really love ice swimming and I always want to ice them and I want to ice them all over the, over the world. But I was still doing... Um, five and 10k events and I wanted to swim Windermere and really still loving the open water swimming and then one night as it turns in the middle of the moment I had too much gin and I was like do you know what I've always wanted to swim the channel this is what I do I'm like I'm going to do that and 
so I Google how to swim the English Channel, and it's about two years ahead. You have to book. Oh, oh really? Um, oh, you can't just do it. You, you have to book. And it's really expensive. Good grief. Yes, it's really expensive, and I was really lucky that Saucy Sewers in, in Pinar sponsored me oh. for it, so I could just concentrate on the fundraising. So I messaged. I didn't have a clue of anything about tide. So I thought the kids are going back to school two years time. They'll be going back to school in September. Maybe my daughter will go to her dad's. I can train a little bit in the summer holidays. And then I thought, yeah, we'll go for September. That'll give me plenty of time. So that's what I did. And I booked it on a spring tide. In You get four positions that you can book. I didn't know what it meant. And then a couple of months later, I was speaking to a lady, Loretta Cox. And I was like, look, I probably need to find some help on how to swim the channel, how to start training. <laughs> And she said, oh, watch your slot. And I said, oh, I'm on a spring tide, position three. And she's like, no, you've got to be on a neat tide and you need to be in slot one or two. And I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> so oh, um, she, was, she was like, you have to be quite a fast swimmer. People will say it doesn't really matter, but you have to be quite a fast swimmer to go on a spring tide. And if you're in position one or two, you're more likely to get to go in your in your slot. So how like, long did it take you? 16 hours, 45 minutes. Oh my kitty aunt. A long were, time. Were, were there any breaks in between? No. What they do is they feed you from, from the boat, so you're not allowed to touch the boat at all. So you kind of tread water or float on. So the top tip is turn on your back and keep doing breaststroke legs so you're still moving. I'm still towards, moving. Whilst eating. And then like a little seal, they kind of throw stuff to you in the water. <laughs> So in which case then, can anyone do it? That is, can, can is anyone able to do it? Whatever size you are, whatever age you are, whatever you know condition you are, could anyone actually do that? I think, you know, with the right mindset and the right training, I think so. You hear people that have never swum before that then go on to learn to swim and do amazing things. So me to think that I would swim 16 hours, 45 minutes, I would have thought was absolutely I know. impossible. That's mad. Um, I mean, I, I've walked quite a bit. I mean, I'm a walker, okay? And I've done the, the Thames Path Challenge, uh, and that was 24 hours of walking. But swimming against the tide, as it were, and against, you know, the, the elements in the water is, is an exceptional feat. So you must be quite strong-willed, I presume, yeah? You're quite strong-willed um, mentally and physically. Quite stubborn, Kath? Quite sort of... Uh, is that a word? Oh, well, swimming quite strong. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything of the kind. You said that, not me. <laughs> yeah, I think stubborn is probably a good word. And I'm I'm pretty determined. If somebody tells me I can't do something... Then you'll do it, yeah. Then yeah. it's like, okay, so, so watch me. But, you know, it was so many emotions going through your head. I guess, you know, if you're walking for 24 hours solid and you're really tired and you just want to give in, it's, there's so many things go through your head and... I call it having a word with myself. So, you know, I have several words with myself oh, over and over. And, you know, I, I've done lots of things where I've wanted to give up. I remember doing the Slateman Triathlon and it's brutal. And I was only doing the wee one and it was brutal. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to fall off my bike and then I can walk back to Flamberries and say I'm done. <laughs> but but you, you don't do it. And then I was on the run, which was up through like the Slate Quarries and... Um, Mike, one of the guys from Brecon Triathlon Club, was up in the tree screaming, Pendleton, run! And I was like, oh, I don't want to! But, you know, I think 
with the channel, I was like, I was more worried that they would stop me because I wouldn't be a strong enough swimmer because mm. that, that does happen to people. Yeah, I'm sure. If, if you're not going to make a tide, the pilots kind of know and they'll, they'll, they'll pull you. You know, you may have been swimming for 15 hours. I swam a relay first and they said that we were like four miles from the French coast and I could see it. It was like at the bottom of my street. And they were like, every one of you swimmers are going to get back in. And I was like, no way. And they were like, yes way. And it was like, but it's just there. And, they were, and it did. It went on forever. So when I did my tunnel, I had a brilliant team. In it. You know, all these things, you've got a really good team behind you. But I had Jackie Cabell on my boat, who has the world record for the slowest tunnel swim. She took 28 hours. And she kept saying to me, leave my record alone. <laughs> and her biggest tip to me was, keep your head down, don't ask any questions, just swim. So that became actually more of a challenge for me not to talk every half hour or 45 oh, minutes. Yeah, right. So I had a hat on that said, have a nice day. So every time I, they threw some food to me, like a seal, <laughs> I, I would take the food and go, thank you, I'm having a nice day. And that's the only thing I oh, said, wow. other than uh, probably eight, nine hours in when I was really sick. And I was like, I know I'm not allowed to speak, but can I have some anti-acid tablets because I feel really sick? And um, they were like, okay. And then my friend Jessica was like, what are you stopping for? I was violently sick twice. And then she was like, okay, you've been sick now. Go, go, go. go I was go. like, okay. But, um, I mean, these things, you've got to have a, a strong team behind you, as you say. Okay. But uh, one quick question then before, before we go on. Um, when you actually are swimming, you know, for example, in the channel, are you doing a front crawl? Is your head in? Do you, is your head above the water? Are you doing one, two, and then breathe? One, two, and then breathe? How, what, what's the technique, as it were? Well, front crawl I was doing. And, yeah, the technique is meant to be bilateral breathing. So maybe every third, I find it so hard to breathe to my left. So everybody for the channel was like, you're going to have to learn to breathe to the left because of the water. And I, and I try, and that became a little bit of a game. I would, every now and again, think, oh, I'm going to try and breathe to the left. But... If I try and breathe to my left-hand side, it's almost like I, I can't swim. It, it, it's crazy. So wow. okay. I was doing a little bit of both. And I'm, I'm really bad that I don't have a set breathing pattern. So if I kind of lose my myself in my thinking, I don't breathe. <laughs> I did um, a swim analysis the other week and because I was concentrating on so hard on what he was telling me how to swim. He's saying to my partner, she's not breathing. And he's like, I know she does it. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you've got to breathe. And I was like, oh, okay, I forgot about that. I couldn't. So I'm not a typical woman as in I can multitask because I couldn't breathe, concentrate, and do everything. So I just thought, well, I'll not breathe. <laughs> no, but I think you've got enough on your plate. Blinking, eh? Right. Um, let's ask you um, 10 very quick questions then. Um, and you can elaborate as much as you want. Right. So we'll start the clock. Now, rugby or football? Oh, um, rugby. Okay, because you're a good Welsh girl or? Because I'm a good Welsh girl and the guys are generally bigger. <laughs> ah, oh, right, okay. Uh, and in the same vein then, tennis or cricket? I'm not really into either. Um, oh, okay. Cricket. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Documentaries on TV or reality TV? Documentaries. Okay. Uh, documentaries about swimming, probably, yeah? <laughs> No, I, I really like Doc. I'm not really into reality TV much, unless I'm a celebrity. Oh, do you? Oh, you like that? That was up in North yeah. Wales this last year, wasn't it? Right. Uh, red or white wine? Ooh, white. But I don't drink wine very often anymore. Okay, oh, that's fine. So, walking in the mountains 
or on the beach? Walking in the mountains. Any particular reason? I, l I love the hills. Penavan used to be my favourite. It's like, well, I, it's not on my doorstep now, but it, it, no. it is. Yeah, I, I love the mountains. So if I'm at the beach, I'm swimming. If I'm walking, I'm in the ah, mountains. Oh, yeah, I suppose you do. Yeah, you want to go to the beach too often. You? Otherwise, you'd have to go into the sea, wouldn't you? But there we are. Um, so city or countryside? Countryside. Yeah. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Good. And me. Snow or thunder and lightning? Snow. Yeah, excellent. Tea or coffee? Coffee. And the last one, a real book, proper book, or an e-book, you know? A real book. A real one. Okay. Anything in particular? I treated myself to so many books before Christmas and not picked up one yet. Really? So, yeah. Why, is I it? would like, I tend to like to read factual things. Okay. I'm not... Did, did you did you do much research then by you know talking about books? Did you do you read up on um, things about about swimming, swimming techniques, famous people who swam, the English Channel or the Polar? Did you do much research into that? I've got a lovely collection of swimming books, and <laughs> I am really guilty of not reading them. <laughs> February then, two thousand and twenty. I mean, two thousand and twenty was a, a hell of a year for for most of us, I presume. But February was a big month for you, isn't it? Because it's the month that you finally did this amazing, influential, inspirational, uh, incredible feat. Um, so you swam in, in within the Antarctic polar circle. Is that right? How, how did that come about? What did you have to do to get there? Did you have to book that as well? Yeah, that was... <laughs> I find that hilarious. You have to book You have to have a book a slot to go into the sea. That's crazy, isn't it, really? Yeah, but... Well, that's a lot harder than you think. So the, the guy, Jay Kennedy, that ran the expedition for three or four years had to work on getting permissions to get this off the ground, to be, to be allowed to swim there. And he posted it on social media, on Facebook. And I'd been ice swimming for a couple of years and I seen this and I was like, oh, swim in Antarctica, I, I'd love that. So I messaged him. I'd met him in Poland once and I was like, hi, I met you in Poland, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And, he, and I was like, I really want to go to Antarctica. And he was like, okay, it's really costly. And I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. I don't have any money. So, but don't write me off because I, I will get there. So every couple of months he'd, like, he'd go, have you sold anything? Have you made any money? And I was like, no, not yet. So this was always a distant dream. So the channel had kind of come in between that. And I was so lucky to get, sponsorship for the channel which came from my friend waking up one morning with the great idea that she was going to go and ask her boss if they would sponsor me and we'd done a 10 mile running race together in Pembrey Park a few years previous we were rubbish and they were taking the finishing arch down when we got back <laughs> it was really so that went from there so I had this sponsorship for the channel, which meant I could concentrate on raising money. So I raised money for Welsh Heart for community defibrillators and staff for the forces charity. But at the same time, I had told them all about my ice swimming. I was like, look, I really like this ice swimming and I really want to go to Antarctica. So there was always sort of a an open thing that let's get across the channel, see how it goes, and then we'll see if we can sponsor you for Antarctica. Oh, right. So... At those times in the channel when I was like really having to dig deep because I was bored. I was really bored. And I was thinking, I can't stop because I'm bored because I've got about £8,000 of sponsorship money that people have you know, kindly donated, you know, for the charities. If I can get across, we're going to be able to talk about Antarctica. So, you know, if, if anything to keep you going, I was like, penguins, penguins, penguins. <laughs> <laughs> 
so eventually then so i knew that they were going to sponsor me the majority of the money for Antarctica, but it was really, really expensive. So, and then I got really lucky that Young Seafood came on board to say that they would sponsor me the rest of the money for Antarctica and for oh. the rest of the Ice Sevens Challenge. Oh, that's amazing. So, I'm like one of the luckiest people in the world right now. Yeah. So, that's how it came about. So, I was like, can I still come? And only a couple of people were allowed to do an ice mile because he had to get so many permissions for us to do it and they had to kind of pretty much guarantee the boat that we weren't going to die. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that would help. And spoil everybody else's trip to Antarctica. So once I knew that I had that money, I've got to be honest, from oh, probably October, the, the year previous to it, I started training like super hard then. I was in keeper's pond probably four or five times a week uh, and did you do any specific ice training i did, did did you sit in the bath of ice did you did you get used to that oh you did, did you really oh my god you see the rugby players but uh, how was that your face says it all didn't like that no no so so what happened was in the march um to go to the ice swimming world champs in mamansk in russia with team gb oh, right. um i'm not fast at all but fortunately for me it wasn't very popular and it was like would you like to go and I was like I'd love to go and I even managed to get a third in my age group so that was that was lovely and it gave me a real taste of what it was going to be like swimming at zero degrees when we went to that we had a really mild winter so I borrowed an ice bath from the University of South Wales and put it in the garden you, I think you see it in the little in the in the little mermaid in the, the mermaid little mermaid I, <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> you come here little mermaid <laughs> ice and I have to sit in the garden oh. I think I did it three times and I was like thanks for the bath but you can have it back so when it came to really knowing I was going to Antarctica Jerry told me that the Australians I said how do they train down there and he said they sit in freezers full of ice oh and I was God. like I need to get a freezer oh, did you didn't buy so a freezer did you so the so I'm sitting in the ice palace mark two now which is very plush and lovely but um ice palace mark one was it's the same freezer, but it's just been pimped up, was in my little plastic shed. My partner's like, have you measured it? I said, like, oh, of course I have, of course I have, it's fine, it's fine. I had millimetres each side of this shed. So we had to dismantle the shed and build the shed up around the, up, up around the freezer. Oh my so word. from July, I started sitting in this freezer full of freezing cold ice water, maybe, I'm going to say twice a week, by... The October, but no, probably by the January, I was in there three, four times a week, just sitting in this. But you were getting used to it then, as if that was that was training, obviously for February then, yes. Yeah, it was training for February, and it was just because it hurts so much when you go in those really low temperatures, your hands hurt. I just when I got into that water in Antarctica, I don't know whether it was a freezer or adrenaline. I think it was just adrenaline. I think I was just pure shot with adrenaline that. All that pain that I normally have in my hands and stuff, I, I didn't have any of that. Oh, okay. I was just like, don't get eaten. <laughs> just swim and don't get eaten. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast so far. Now, Kath's story is a really inspirational one, of course, and that's why the sponsor of this month's episode of The Influencers is a perfect fit. Tanya White Bits was started by Seanad Owen from North Wales. And she has battled and fought and worked hard to make the brand one of the most recognisable in the health and beauty industry. 
Look for Tanya Whitepits on all the social media platforms and visit her website, tanniawhitepits.co.uk. Okay, enjoy the rest of the podcast with Kath Pendleton, the Merthyr Mermaid. Well, yeah, now then, I'm going to ask, that's, that's my next question really because I read that um, you know one of your fears well what were your fears before you went in before you knew what was in there what was your biggest fear if you like so my biggest fear for Antarctica was leopard seals oh so you you done so you knew about that then so you knew a little bit about uh, you know the, 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 the sort of the natural fears if you like well leopard obviously seals. I didn't want to die because I'd swam a, I'd swam a couple of kilometres so in preparation I was training a nice mile every week every week for about two months before I went away which is really tough is a nice mile is really tough so I knew that I could do it I didn't know if I could do it at zero degrees because the low the lowest temperature I'd done nice mile was two point something I'd done a couple of ice kilometers and been alive so I was like but then when you move to an ice mile the difference is huge so there was fear that I wouldn't do it and I could die and I'd put all my family through this but my biggest fear was, I've got to be honest, is leopard seals because every time I said to people I was going to swim in Antarctica, the first response everybody said was, you could get killed by a leopard seal. And oh. I was like, what? And then like, you could get killed by a leopard seal. Are they particularly people, nasty then? Or? Well, people at work would then get a picture of a leopard seal and say, look, have you seen it? And I was like, I don't want to. But then my friend Jane, who was on the trip, she did an ice kilometre. She's awesome as well. She is the seal lady, the crazy seal lady. So she rescues seals in Northumberland. Oh, right. She kept saying to me, Kat, they will not attack you. And I was like, I don't really want a chance there. And she was like, they won't. She said one diver was killed. And apparently it was because the diver had gone into this ice hole and the seal was already in there. And then the seal had reacted to this and attacked the diver. So, but they're huge. So I was just like, well, I don't want to test it. So I actually went up to Northumberland to swim with the seals. She said, come and swim with the seals. They're lovely. And I was like, oh, yes, they're lovely. Because every time a fish t- touches me, I'm like, out the water. I can't believe that. A fish. But oh, they might be big, Kath, but they're not quite as big as killer whales, are they? And now I know. And this is the thing. Because... <laughs> Well, tell us that I, story. I think I my brain is probably not capable. I think I said earlier, I'm not capable of thinking of too many things. So <laughs> I think I'd actually blocked out the thought of orcas completely. I hadn't even thought of orcas because I was just thinking about leopard seals. And then just before the swim, everybody was like, orcas! And I was like, oh, orcas? My friend said, do you want to come and see them? They're just big fish. And I was like, <sighs> and I was sat there with my cup of coffee going, no. I still don't think orcas had entered my head. And I was honestly walking on the Taft Trail the other day with my daughter and somebody stopped me and said, oh, I love the programme and we got talking. And he said, how did you swim with orcas? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. And I think because if people had spent three years saying, oh, there's going to be orcas, then I think that would have been in my head. But if they didn't, every time I mentioned Antarctica, people only ever said, Leopard seals. And, and, and orcas weren't were, were in your head. But I love the line that, you, I mean, you did the mile in, was it 32.54? Yeah. But, but, but only after the pod of orcas moved out of the way. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it must have been an amazing feeling just seeing these creatures. I know you had to swim amongst them, as it were, or, or nearby, as it were. But you must have been petrified. You must have been proud of yourself. You must have been... 
um, determined, stubborn again. Can't, the, the, literally a bit of everything in there, isn't it? But you must be so proud of yourself, but your family must be beyond belief that you've actually done it. Is that the reaction you get from literally everyone? Or some people say, what the hell are you doing? No, you know, I. it's taken a long time to sink in with me, the enormity of, of it all. James, you know, that came to film me, he kept saying, God, God, and I was just like, just been for a swim. Because for me, Antarctica was absolutely stunning. I'd love to go back because I think I didn't enjoy it to the maximum because my head was so focused yeah. on, on this swim and... You know, my family all gave up a lot, you know, with the training. It was like every weekend we were at Keepers. It was like, well, we've got to go for a swim first. So everything kind of revolved around mum's got to fit a swim in first. And just I can't explain the beauty of Antarctica. It was amazing. Yeah, the, sure. the water, I just wanted to drink it as I was swimming along. You could just see everything. And although I was on the channel, because I don't swim in the sea, I was really, really nervous about swimming in the sea because... I'm not as strong swimming in the sea as I am in a pond or a river. So I did have a serious word with myself at the halfway point with this okay. iceberg. And I was thinking, oh, my shoulders are really hurting. And I was thinking, but then, of course, over the winter, I'd only been tra training like a K or, or a mile because it was so nippy, the water, that, you know, I hadn't been doing five kilometre swims and stuff. And um, I just remember thinking, Put your head down and swim, Kath. You swam the English Channel for 16 hours, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. You've got to be in your 35, 40 minutes, Matt. And I and I looked down and I, I didn't see anything. And at one point, a little bit of like green, maybe, I don't know whether it was a little bit of algae or something. But that's the only thing I seen. And then my mind would go, well, what if an orc comes? Or what if anything comes? What if... And I was just thinking, no, don't think about it. Yeah. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Wow. And then cool. I would do things like... I think I'll try and breathe to the left, and that's probably when I took the water in. And oh, okay, off. but but the strength of mind you need for that—I mean, I find it incredible. But are there are there professional ice swimmers? Can you do this as a living as well, or is it? I mean, maybe not you, but but are there people who do this? Can you make money out of it? Can you make a living out of it? The Ice Swimming Association, the International Ice Swimming Association, are trying to get ice swimming to the Winter Olympics. That oh, is their right. big vision. There's a, a massive massive world and then there's the winter swimming association which i don't tend to go to those events but i'm going to start because they do up to 500 meters so i'm really like the kilometer and the mile the 500 meters and below there's a massive worldwide following for it it's huge okay. wow. but um there are some really phenomenal ice swimmers out there that you know it's a bit like um david williams and swimming the channel he was home and had a cup of coffee and everything by the time i finished yeah. going, so um let's ask you the next question then you've just had this fantastic job interview for your dream job whatever that would be you've done really well and you you'll probably get the job you know but you step outside of the building and you see this lottery ticket uh on, on the ground you pick it up and it's worth 10 million so what would you do? Would you go take that job or do you say, no, forget that, I'm going to take the 10 million? What would you do? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd take the job initially. All right. <laughs> to have a really good think about how far that 10 million could take me. Okay. 
and what in an ideal world would you do with that 10 million that's a bit of a personal question i know but what would you what would you like to do with that 10 million that 10 million i know that i would get a massive motorhome so that i could travel anywhere that i wanted and i would go to everywhere that i've ever wanted to ice swim ever and i would have to promise rob some hot holidays because he loves hot holidays oh yeah you'd have to you know sort of mix it up a bit with 10 million you could you could yeah, be... i don't know i just couldn't imagine i'd have to get a house with a pool because that took us a long while to get a I was going to say, pool. you could build yourself a nice pool, fill it with ice, or even, you could definitely afford a nice big freezer anyway. <laughs> um, the freezer would go, because I wouldn't need it. I could, just, <laughs> I could just travel the world and catch winter seasons yeah, wherever yeah. I wanted. That's a great life. That's, that's a fantastic life, isn't it? Anyway, um, can I call you then an influencer in so much that, um, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this, that you are inspiring people women especially of all ages to do something similar to do something out of their comfort zone to do something a bit different i see you then in that respect and a lot of people do as an influencer are you you happy with that yeah i'm i'm happy i'm always the person to say have a go doesn't matter what it is have a go and i then i've got this horrible thing of saying you've got to try it twice i even tried bungee jumping twice and guess what i hate it oh my Good God. Twice. Why did you do it twice? Well, it was my own fault. I, I can't even stand on a chair now. I'm frightened of heights. I can't even get in my pool without having a meltdown because of the steps. So the first time I was just 19 in the airport, a bit naive and everybody was doing it for the crack. So I did it. And then the, the second time I'd been telling everyone, oh, yeah, I did a bungee jump. So one of my work colleagues wanted to impress our new boss. So he volunteered us that we would do a bungee jump over a lake in Lincoln for charity that I I couldn't wangle out of. Okay. I I was 21. It was horrendous. And then from that day on, I knew I never wanted to bungee jump. I went to New Zealand on my honeymoon and everybody bungee jumped in New Zealand. Not a chance. (laughs) Oh, oh, really? Okay. But but but, so my point is then that, that it's good for someone normal as you are doing these things that you're inspiring and influence other people especially women again to to do these amazing things has has swimming in general kept you sane if that's the word uh during this pandemic during all these lockdown periods and I, i'm sure it has helped a lot of people uh as you say if they're lucky enough to to live by the sea then they could do it but i presume i'm 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 presuming that swimming in general is keeping you as an individual as a person quite sane really and down to earth maybe yeah? swimming is my go-to reset button my stop me going stir crazy and i'm really struggling i gotta be honest at the moment with not being able to swim so i haven't swum anywhere since we had fire break so that made it difficult i couldn't really go very many places now i haven't been able to swim when did, was it 19th of december oh, right. so i'm trying now to do other stuff so i've started with this her spirit community it's a community for women encouraging people to have a go um it's it's an app on your phone and then it's this whole online community of like-minded people and so through that i've signed up for loads of winter challenges and i'm out walking a lot not far I'm trying to do some online classes and stuff. Oh, and I got out on my bike for about the first time in five years the other day and said, I'll go five miles there, five miles back. 30K later. (laughs) So my partner who cycles every day was like, oh, we'll just go a little bit further. 
but it was lovely we cycled up to Ponstek, which is beautiful it was a beautiful winter sunny day yeah so i'm just trying to do more i've got a little garden pool but it takes like half an hour 40 minutes to get all the ice off it to get in and then it's so chilly that you can only stay in there for a few minutes. I've signed up to a few winter swim challenges. And because I can't go to my swim spots, what I'm doing, I've signed up to a 365 sea swim challenge. And I've said to them, I, I can't go to the sea. So the deal is that I have to dip either in the freezer, the pool, or take a cold shower. <laughs> but, uh, uh, what have you done so far have you done have you finished started so i've been going in the freezer which i hate but i'm starting to love because... <laughs> going in the freezer that in itself is an image <laughs> okay yeah go on i'm sure are you doing the frozen peas and stuff out first you <laughs> i iced my pool three times this week to jump in for a few minutes and then last night i was so late doing everything i was like i haven't really got time i'll go in a cold shower, cold shower. it was like two and a half minutes of hell I cannot do cold showers. Oh my! Why? How can you say that you cannot do cold showers when you've plunged yourself in the Antarctic Sea, woman? <laughs> I know. I'd rather swim any day than take a cold shower. <laughs> oh my word! So um, let's round off then. What's next then, Kath? You you talked a little on about the ice sevens. Explain what that is, and and is that um, your your next challenge, as it were, or is it in, in process now? Yeah, the ice sevens challenge is in process. So the International Ice Swimming Association they've got a challenge called the ice sevens challenge. It's swimming one mile in each of the seven continents, and then one of the ice miles has to be a zero ice mile, so it has to be under one degree, which is really extreme. So that's what I ticked off in. Antarctica so I'm really grateful that that's gone at the moment there's only two people in the world that's ever done the challenge first was a woman oh, wow. <laughs> Jamie Monaghan from the USA she is my absolute ice hero and then one male Jay Kennedy who is my ice hero ice king so there's kind of a, a battle on there's one lady that's probably going to get the first British person but I've still got, gosh, I've done, I think, eight official ice miles. I, don't, I can't tell you how many unofficial ones when I was training. So I've done Africa. I did Morocco last January. I've done my polar region. I've done loads of Europe. And, yeah, so I've got four to got do. Four so, left, yeah. Yeah, so I was hoping to go to Canada in February. So that's not happening. No. I was hoping to go to Australia in July. That's not happening. Probably not. I'm no. going to Russia in May, and hopefully that will happen. That will be my Asia one. I'm going through Lake Baikal, which I'm really oh, yeah. excited about. Because oh, well, yeah. um, I'm learning to free dive, so I'm hoping to do some free diving while I'm there as well. Oh, that's a whole new thing. That's a whole new ball. I know. It's, I know. I know. So wow. I'm going to finish that in April, hopefully. And then I'll have Chile left to do south america either chile or argentina i'm not sure yet wow. so. okay and where do people get hold of you if they're interested in in knowing more about you are you on social media you've got a website i know there's been a program on bbc wales and i'm presuming that's still available on the, the iplayer yeah where, the what's the best way of people to, to get hold of you and learn more about you so i'm facebook is the thing that i tend to use the most and i'm kath pendleton on facebook but I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as Swim Kath Swim. Uh, the final question then, Kath, and I'm asking this with trepidation, really. Um, you're going to go, I'm going to put you on a desert island, which is surrounded by water, obviously. <laughs> um, what's the one luxury item you'll insist on taking? And please don't say a freezer. No, no, a freezer. Oh. <laughs> I, I 
would always say, but it would be no good to anybody, is my phone. I love my phone. So if anybody asked me, then they'd say cat, she'd say your phone. But obviously my phone wouldn't work forever. So it'd have to be practically a knife. Ah, okay. And are you a practical person? Could you could you survive in this island? I think I could. Without my phone, maybe not. Yeah, no, I could. <laughs> hey, you could always swim away, could you? Yeah, true. I could swim away. I'd be freaking though, all those fish and everything. <laughs> as long as there's no leopard seals or orcas, you'd be fine. <laughs> so thanks to my amazing guest this month, Kath Pendleton. The BBC Wales programme, The Mirtha Mermaid, is still on the iPlayer and you can keep in touch with all of her challenges on her social media accounts. And thanks again to my fabulous sponsor of this month's podcast, Tanya Whitebits. Don't forget, tanyawhitebits.co.uk. And if you are interested in sponsoring one of the monthly episodes of The Influencers with myself, then I'd love to hear from you. Look for me, Chris Jones, on my Twitter or Instagram accounts or my website, and it's chrisjones.cymru, and get in touch. <laughs>